Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, here we are in uh, the second half of Advent now. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and welcome to The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hope you had a wonderful Gaudete Sunday, rejoicing yesterday, uh, along with uh, hopefully spending a little time giving some honor, uh, somehow showing your love to the Blessed Mother, um, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And uh, today, as we begin the program, when you were younger, younger than you are right now, did you have someone older, somebody say something to you that maybe you thought was wrong, but it turned out to be true? They told you something, something that because of their years of living, their years of experience, what life had taught them, they told you this, but you still doubted the veracity of their claim. Now, I've mentioned before here on the program that I've played music for most of my life. I've been in numerous musical groups and ensembles. I've also played in several bands. And one band that I was in, and it was just this fun cover rock band. Um, We'd play bars and clubs. We'd do private parties, weddings, things like that. I was in my 30s when I was playing in this band, and there were five of us. The lead guitar player, the bass player, the drummer, a lead singer, and I played rhythm guitar and keyboards. And of the five of us, three of us had birthdays in the month of February, one in early March. And so we would always have a band practice in late February that would also be a small little birthday celebration for the four of us. And leading up to my birthday, the year that I turned 35, the bass player of the band, Tim, he made this quick side comment to me and he said, Oh, you're turning 35. Well, that's the age where every morning when you get out of bed, something will hurt. And I think, Tim, he might have been 10, 12 years older than me. And I laughed at him and I thought, this has got to be a hyperbole. And I told him, I said, come on, you're not serious. Every morning, every morning something's going to hurt. And he smiled, but his eyes showed that he wasn't joking. And he said, every morning might be something small. Something little, you know, your shoulder or your neck, your back, your knee, your ankle, whatever it is, you'll have some little pain that greets you each morning after you turn 35. And I still didn't believe him. And it wasn't like the morning of my 35th birthday. There, there was this switch that was flipped. And now every morning I would wake up with some small pain or discomfort. But sure enough, Tim's words were prophetic. Somewhere during that year of being 35, I started to notice that more and more of those mornings, most of the mornings, I had some minor ache, some little annoyance. 
And as I've moved further down the road from 35, I seem to have more joints that creak or pop when I start moving in the morning after getting out of bed. Now, I didn't grow up Catholic, so I didn't hear that phrase that so many cradle Catholics have heard from childhood. You know the one I mean? Offer it up. I didn't hear that until I was in my 20s, when I was on my way into the Catholic Church. And when I heard it, then I had to ask, offer it up? Well, offer what up? And that's when I learned about redemptive suffering. When we're young, many of us, we might not have any major suffering to offer up. Others, they might experience significant suffering in their lives from an early age. But at some point, all of us, we suffer in some way. And if you're younger and you haven't reached 35 yet, well, let me just say, enjoy this time of your life, waking up without those small pains, those small aches. They are coming, and I'm really sorry that they're on their way for you, but whatever the age is, when you start waking up with some of those little annoying muscle or joint pains, try and offer it up. And that is what we want to discuss today on The Inner Life, redemptive suffering. We want to talk about what it is and how we can turn those sufferings small sufferings or big sufferings, into something that God can use to bring others to salvation. And joining us as we talk today about redemptive suffering, our spiritual director for the hour is Father Marcel Tyone. He is a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. He's the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island. And Father Tyone, I'm so glad to welcome you back to The Inner Life today. Great to be with you and all listeners, and happy Gaudete, Memorial of St. Lucy, and the just a wonderful topic that was chosen for today. So thank you for that. Well, and so, Father, uh, first of all, do you wake up with little aches or pains every morning? Are you in that same camp with uh, everyone else yeah, over I, 35? I feel like yourself. Yeah, for sure. I'm in the post-35 bracket now, and for sure, like uh, certainly physical sufferings, but we all have other kinds of sufferings, too, sometimes That's in relationship, right. in our ministry, in our lives. Um, I think sometimes those hidden sufferings, certainly the physical ones, can be problematic, and, and cro- especially chronic pain and things like that that people go through. Um, but I, I find this, this topic and this reality and this gift of redemptive suffering is something that every every person suffers and loves people that suffer. It's, it's the one common experience in humanity. You know, some people don't experience love, but they all experience suffering. So hopefully suffering will unleash love from Jesus and from each other, and it'll make us bitter or better. And I think if we understand redemptive suffering, we will actually experience love, and our suffering will become what I would say, like sort of consecrated to God, given to God. And so it's a, it's, it's not just an idea. But I love that you brought up that topic already. That line, offer it up. So, so sometimes people think that means just push through, like take mm-hmm. heart. Yeah, pushing. get tough. That's sure. Not, yeah. yeah, and that's not what this is, right? You're, we're talking about something so much more profound. But I do love people, <laughs> I think when people say offer it up, they kind of mean, well, just stick it out. You know, you'll be okay. Um, I don't know if they really understand redemptive suffering. Some do, some don't. But I think hopefully today's program will help all of us meditate on this wonderful reality and this gift that God gives us through Christ. Well, so Father Tayon, let, let's go to where St. Paul talks about this. And we take this concept of offering up our sufferings from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. And in the first chapter, in the 24th verse, he writes, he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. 
So can you kind of unpack this for us? First of all, the big question that I think most people would come to is, how could anything ever be lacking from Jesus's afflictions, his perfect sacrifice, what he offered uh, through his his passion and through the death on the cross? So you're right. So this line in Scripture is probably one of, in a sense, the least attractive to people at the beginning, because it looks like, mistakenly, people might think mistakenly, that something is lacking what Jesus offered. And again, sometimes criticisms of of the Catholic teachings are often, you know, our understanding of the Eucharist, that God becomes present in time, is sort of like a denial that, that Jesus is still getting sacrificed, and they don't understand that the the graces of of his complete offering are being poured out at the Mass in our present time, but so too in our suffering. So Paul, in Colossians 1.24, is sharing his participation in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, the Church. And I think it's great that he says the Church, the mystical body of Christ. So Paul is sharing that he's participating in Christ's afflictions by uniting his afflictions to that of the cross and in Jesus. So that doesn't diminish in any way the sacrifice and the the divine blood of our beautiful Savior who poured out for us and and through us now pours out again for others for for the sake of the body of Christ. So, um, you know, at our baptism, we die with Christ. And because of that, every layperson shares in what's called the common priesthood, and they all offer sacrifice. Anyone who's baptized can offer sacrifice, not like the ministerial priest, like the Eucharist, but we do that particularly, I think, in what we're talking about in times of suffering and afflictions and and difficulty. Um, and this is the grace of that line in Scripture. I think it's one of the most fascinating lines. It actually, some people don't like it because they misunderstand it. Um, And certainly St. Paul was right um, in writing it. And there's a redemptive effect upon Paul for his own sufferings. And again, Gaudete Sunday, right, we had his reading to the church in in the Colossians. He never went there. He wrote, rejoice in the Lord always from prison. Um, So Paul is participating even from prison in the joy, the rejoicing of God, so too in our suffering when we unite that to Christ's sufferings on the cross, we bear out the effects of the redemption that Jesus won for us. So I think it's, a, it's an extraordinary reality. It's true. And it changes our experience of suffering and how we see suffering in the world, in others. And, and we really, if we do it with Christ, through him, with him, and in him, it changes suffering. So it actually has redemptive uh, effects on people in the whole body of the church the mystical body of Christ. So it's such an important part of our life of faith. And um, so it's, it's, I'm glad you brought up this line. I think, I think it's one we should wrestle with it a little bit, um, intellectually, emotionally, and even practically how we live out our own sufferings and the sufferings of other people. So it's a very, very important line right. to try to understand this. I think, I think you're right to bring it up. Well, and so you bring up St. Paul writing in prison, Rejoice in the Lord always. He also says here in this verse that we're talking about out of his letter to the Colossians, now I rejoice in my sufferings. So this is a theme that we see, rejoicing in sufferings. But this seems absolutely the opposite of what I want to do in my life. When I'm suffering, my first response is I either want to I want to go curl up someplace by myself and pull myself yep. away from people, yeah. or... 
I want some sympathy. I want to go to my wife and complain and say, oh, this is what I'm going through. And she's the same way. You know, if she's going through suffering, she likes to know, uh, you know, that she's not alone. If if she's yep. got something she's dealing with and I say, well, if it helps, I'm going through whatever. And she says, yeah, actually, that does help. I am glad to know that there's somebody else who is suffering alongside of us. But for either of us, and I'm sure this is the case for most of us, uh, just as humans, it's not natural to want to rejoice in our suffering. So how do we cultivate that attitude of joy, of rejoicing when we are in the midst of suffering? So re- having joy is not the same thing as happiness or you know, good feelings or a party. So we get, we've got to make sure the vocabulary is well understood. So the only way, the only way this makes sense is if we understand the cross of Christ if we don't understand the cross of Jesus, we can't understand the invitation that we've been given through the church, through scripture, by Jesus himself to rejoice that when we unite our sufferings to Christ, they bring about again that effect of his his passion, death, and resurrection. And so it's it's and now you bring up a good point. I, I think when you when you're suffering you go to your wife, if if you're open to all the graces, that will actually bring you and your wife closer to Jesus and to each other because we don't want to be alone in suffering. We want to know God's presence. And I think we also, you know, someone that's been through cancer, for example, has so much immediate compassion when they hear someone else has cancer after they've had cancer because they've they've carried that cross. I find people bury a child. When they meet another parent that bury a child, there's this incredible compassio that comes from their experience of suffering, especially if they know the Lord. And there's almost immediate sharing groups, not support groups, but deeper, like a sharing. We, we have more compassion because of our sufferings. And, and I think uh, that's an important part of this. You bring up, there's a horizontal grace too. So we unite our sufferings to Christ, but we can also get closer, you know, to each other. And I think it's Fulton Sheen said, you know, he had this line that uh, suffering without love is pain and suffering with love is sacrifice. And that's one of the best things I think he's ever said. Suffering without love, meaning Jesus, who is love, um, is pain, and suffering with Jesus is sacrifice. So we look at the cross and the mass, it's a sacrifice. And we share in that sacrificial love that pours out for the other. And I think we also get horizontal graces from getting closer to other people. The Lord brings the mystical body of Christ together. So... You know, how how does this work? I think someone does have cancer, they get treatments. I spoke to a woman the other day. She's going through all these treatments, and she's going to consecrate either a whole day or one hour during her chemo of the pain she receives and is going to offer that to Jesus for particular intentions in her family, among her friends, other people that are suffering. She's she's She understands redemptive suffering, and it doesn't take away her pain, her anguish, but she's consecrating it, giving it to Jesus for others. And I, I think you bring up a point. You're, no one wants to be alone with anything in life, joys or sorrows, but especially pain and suffering. And, and this is such a, an invitation for us to unwrap this gift before Christmas. I, th- I think we can, it's one of the best things in life. I don't know, changed my life once I came to understand this. And it's, it's really helped me personally in my ministry uh, to look for the ways in which Jesus invites us to unite our sufferings to his. Our spiritual director today on The Inner Life is Father Marcel Tyone as we talk about redemptive sufferings. And when have you been able to offer your sufferings to Christ? 
And did you see that fruit of offering Jesus, those sufferings of, of participating in that sacrifice that Father Tyone is talking about? How were you able to embrace those sufferings knowing that they were serving that larger purpose? How did it, making it through your sufferings draw you closer to Christ? And maybe you're going through that suffering right now and you're having a difficult time. You're looking for some advice, for some help, some, some encouragement. And our studio line is open for your call right now at 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. And so, Father, as you're talking about when you came to understand what re- redemptive suffering is, and how it had such a large impact in your life. How did that take shape in your life? I'm glad you asked that. So when I was in seminary in Rome, John Paul II was the Holy Father, and I tripped on a document in a class by accident. He wrote a very short document called Salvati Dolores on redemptive suffering. And when I read that, um, it's not very long, it was the first time like all these light bulbs went on and it helped me see the cross better and he used the good Samaritan that he crossed the street, the Samaritan crosses over with compassion into the man in the ditch suffering, of course an image of Jesus for us. But John Paul's writing rocked my world, so I love him and you know, theology of the body and amazing so many things he wrote. But for me, that little nugget on redemptive suffering changed my prayer life, my own life, and it's it's been kind of a compass for me to try to understand this and delve into it all my life since then. So I thank him because it's it's a short document. It's it's not, you know, John Paul's so bright with philosophy and theology and such a deep writer sometimes you really have to be ready if he's all in. Uh, but this particular document I think is, some, and it's it's literally what we're talking about, on redemptive suffering, Salvati Dolores. And uh, again, if you're listening today and you want something to kind of chew on, I think it's a, it's a very readable document. I, I didn't get overwhelmed by it, but challenged and encouraged by it. And ever since then, it's sort of been something, uh, sort of a passion in my own faith life, because that helps me understand Jesus, the cross, and and how we encounter suffering, how we experience it. And John Paul, that's he, he rocked my world with that little document. Um, and a lot of people never heard of it. I don't know why. It's I guess you know it's not really an encyclical, um, but a lot of people have never heard of it. Um, and again, it was some years ago now, but but I, it's it's still worthy of attention and reflection, I would say. Okay, and it's Salvati Dolores. Yes, Salvici 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 Dolores. Yeah, so it's on redemptive suffering, on saving, you know, suffering. Yeah, so it's it's a very short thing, and maybe we can post it online or something. And I don't know if it's hard to get that, but I think it might be nice to. A nice link for people. I to... think almost any of those documents are available on the Vatican website for free. So, yeah, we'll make sure oh, that good. we post that for listeners. And uh, again, our spiritual director for the hour here on The Inner Life today, Father Marcel Tayon, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island, as we are talking about redemptive suffering. And how have you been able to offer up those sacrifices, those uh, sufferings in your life? for those you love, maybe for people you don't even know, and just knowing that you're uniting those sufferings with Christ. And how has it helped you in your own spiritual journey? 
or maybe you are going through that difficult suffering right now and you'd like some encouragement. And that's why Father Marcel Tyone is here and you can call in and be a part of the program at 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we're going to continue our conversation in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and today talking about redemptive suffering, the sufferings that we offer up for the building up of the body of Christ, the church, offering those for others. Uh, for their salvation. How have you done that in your life? What are those sufferings that you've offered and how have you seen that play out? Not only helping those, but helping yourself grow closer to Christ and making it through those sufferings. Did you see that it really did help your spiritual growth, your spiritual journey? Maybe you're going through that suffering right now and you are looking for some encouragement, some advice, some help. And our studio line that you can call in right now and speak with Father Tyone, 888-914-9149, And Father, you know, we were talking about in the last segment how there's that horizontal grace that we receive. We receive the grace when we offer our sufferings. We receive that, that grace from God. But we also receive that grace of walking along, whether it's our spouse, whether it's you know a close family member or friend. One of the things that I guess I'd like to maybe get your thoughts on is that person who is closest to us. If we are kind of commiserating, if we're just, you know, talking and sharing about what we're going through, how do we know where it is just talking and maybe more therapeutic as we're dealing with suffering, but we're still offering that up? How do we know we haven't crossed over into a line of simply complaining and that... I guess I would also be concerned, does that lessen the effect of the redemptive suffering? If, if I'm, cause if I'm complaining, we talked about also St. Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings. So if I'm complaining, it's going to be hard for me to have an attitude of rejoicing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think the rejoicing part comes from knowing that, you know, Jesus on the cross, right? On the cross, he knew he was obedient to the Father. He trusted the Father. We hear him cry out, right? Let this cup pass me by. And then he says, forgive them, Father, and into your hand. We find all three aspects in his final words. You know, Father, let this cup pass me by. And I think we've all been there in our lives. Say, Heavenly Father, take this cup, this chalice away from me. It's too heavy. It's too much to drink. Um, and then, of course, we, we unite that to Christ. So I, I think what's important, you bring up a good point. We, we don't want to commiserate and bring other people down with our sufferings, but we want, you know, so even Jesus, right? Veronica wiped his face and Simon carried his cross. So even God himself, the Son of God, the Father sent people to Jesus 
to help alleviate and accompany him. That Imagine that cloth of Veronica on his faith and tradition. And Simon of Cyrene, who was reluctant at first to share and get involved that closely with the suffering of Jesus, our redemption. And then, of course, we believe he came to, to really love the cross and would be saved by it. Um, I think Simon of Cyrene is a good model for redemptive suffering. He got down and dirty with Jesus and, and literally physically, emotionally, got drawn into the passion of Jesus. And then he would have loved the cross. I think after Christ's resurrection, for sure, Simon would have been, I think he's sort of the, the poster child patron saint, one of them of redemptive suffering, along Jainus also at the cross. But we look no other than Jesus' own life uh, to really see that. We see, you know, when Lazarus died, he cries at the grave, he's suffering at the friend's grave, he resuscitates Lazarus, and Martha and Mary are grieving, and Jesus touches their grief, changes their grief, because he accompanies them. So we want to make sure, you know, I think people need help when they're suffering. People go to counselors and therapists and call people. Sometimes people sort of live vicariously online. Today I see a lot of people exposing little details of their suffering all over the place, um, and they might feel a need to do that. But I think what's more important if we pray to God for spiritual friendships with someone else also believes in the cross. They also believe Jesus is God. And we, we share our sufferings with those people and they bring it to prayer for us, people that know Christ. I think there's something particular about that. The body of Christ rises up together when there's people that will say, I'm going to pray for you or we pray with someone who's suffering. I find it's one of the most powerful things that's ever happened to me and certainly in ministry, praying with someone in their suffering alleviates and tra- actually transforms the experience of suffering when two people pray together. So so I think whenever we, we should be mindful of that, we don't want to sort of become a, like just a victim of our suffering and not united right. to the victim that's Jesus. Because I think there's a tendency towards that in all of us, and it's hard. Life is hard sometimes, and we have to admit that. So living redemptive suffering in, in united to the cross is not, um, you know, it's just simply not pushing through and commiserating and and getting down. At the same time, you know, certainly redemptive suffering transforms our experience and transforms our relationships, but it doesn't make it all easy right away. It's sort of not like a like a wand or it's very different than than what people might be looking for. So it's sort of something we have to endure through faith and obedience like Mary. And right. again, I think um, Simon of Cyrene might be someone to think about uh, with that. And I think too, Mary and Martha and Lazarus sort of their relationships with each other St. Veronica and all these wonderful people in the scriptures that were real people that had to, they were confronted by the suffering of God. I do find, I feel bad, I'll be honest with you, I think one of the hardest things, and I hear it a lot in my ministry, is people will stop practicing the faith when they experience a death in their family or a tragedy or a suffering themselves, and they kind of corner God. They're like, all right, I'm going to really pray hard, and God, you take this away or fix this, or I'm out of here. And a lot of people stop practicing for because usually a tragedy or a suffering. And, and I think innocently they go away from the Eucharist, away from Jesus, away from confession. And I find it's extremely prevalent among millennials. They've all suffered. And they, like, who is this God that would allow, suffer, who kind of permits suffering and evil to flourish? Um, and again, I... We have to understand original sin and Jesus' sacrifice, and he came to rescue us, and he did it by suffering. So other religions want to always diminish suffering, I think. that's. But Christianity, Catholicism especially, separates separates us from all other major faiths and minor faiths because God saved us through an act of willful suffering. And that 
is shocking. Um, it's amazing. It's a shocking reality that you believe we were saved by the cross, that God stayed on the cross. He chose to suffer, and he knew he would suffer, and he did it. Um, he knew how he would redeem us, and, and he did that in freedom. So that's an earth-shattering reality that confronts us, right. helps us, and strengthens us all at the same time. So I think we have to meditate on the passion of Jesus before a big Category 5 comes in our life, right? We all have 9-11s in families or in our own lives. Sometimes it happens. We, get, we all have our little 9-11s that come, and sometimes big ones. And so before, if you're not in that today, you're listening, or maybe you look back at other suffering and see the goodness that God's brought from that, people in our lives he brings in. A lot of my own friendships come from suffering with people, and my own suffering, they draw me close to others and to God, and from them come great spiritual friendships, like the Simon of Cyrene's in my life, and you try to be that in someone else's life. And then the cross is less heaven, we walk with each other. So I think if, if you're not in a crisis, you're listening today, maybe to kind of chew on this idea, this reality, um, look at the scriptures, and ask Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to teach us what this is all about. So when suffering comes, we at least have kind of some coping mechanisms because we, we've studied the cross, we've meditated on the sacrifice of Jesus, on his suffering, and it kind of gives us the place to go and the place to come from and go back to and know that God suffered more than us and he was innocent and he never sinned and he chose to do that freely. So a crucifix is a shocking reality. You know, it, it, it makes us fools or makes us friends of yeah. God. There's There's no in between. And it's such a... This topic is really about Jesus, right? We're kind of talking about Jesus' suffering and our own in light of that. So it's it's the core. It's the real core until the second coming, I think. Well, and I'm really glad you brought up that uh, image of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, you know, his agony in the Garden, that he is asking if there's if this cup can pass, if I don't have to go through this suffering, if there's a way, then please let that be, but I'm willing to go through with this because I know that it is your will, my Father. And if we have that attitude, you were talking about, you know, somebody experiences a death in the family or some other tragedy. And if we walk through that and say, take this away, and if you don't, I'm walking away from the faith, well, then that that isn't emulating that attitude of Christ. We can ask for those things to be taken away, but maybe God has something better that will come out of that suffering. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Father. Um, let's go to the phones. We've got a number of people who are calling in to talk with you. And again, our phone number here on The Inner Life, 888-914-9149 is the number you can call in and talk with Father Marcel Tayon as we're discussing redemptive suffering today, 888-914-9149. And Father, we've got Jan who is calling in from Las Vegas. Hi, Jan. Thanks for calling in today. Good, good morning. Uh, number one, my husband and I were married for 58 years. He was Knights of Columbus and what have you, but he, we did not discuss faith, and he was not comfortable doing that. He suffered uh, for 30 years with back pain, the last 10 severe. He was a gun collector, and the pain was <clears throat> so bad that he threatened to take his own life many, many times, and not just to me, but to other people. And several months before he died, he died 16 months ago, um, he came up to me and questioned me about suffering and how the church feels about suffering. So I was finally able to say something to him. From that point on, he never, ever complained. And I, I finally I thought, well, the door had opened about talking about faith. So I went in and I asked him 
did and did you I started to question him about whether he prayed to God. He said, it's all taken care of. And so what I would do every now and then is I would go in and I would say, I don't know why you're suffering, Fred. I don't know if it's for you, for me, for us, for our kids. I don't know why you're suffering, but you'll know one day why you're suffering. And I had been reading the life of St. Faustina, and in there our Lord said, and I, I put it in my own words, and I said to him, I was t- I read about what our Lord said to St. Faustina, that he asked the people that he loved the most to suffer. And then I would walk out of the room because he never, he, he just couldn't discuss it, but it was very personal with him. And he told me it was all taken care of between him and God. So the last several months before he died, he never complained one second of his suffering and I used to try to encourage him to walk because if he couldn't walk, he said it was too hard to walk. I wouldn't be able to take care of him. And the week before he suffered, he kind of walked around where I was standing. And he said, see, I'm walking. I said, how are you doing? And he said, I've never, I, this is the most pain I've ever been in my life. But he was offering it up to God. And mm. so we all knew, finally, that my husband was right with God. Amen. What a great witness and a great um insight into what we're talking about, a lived experience of that, really a, a transformation by him. And, and of course, it affects everybody, right? When he kind of got that grace, helps your whole family. Everyone sort of, and there's a, there's a greater peace. Um, but thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thanks so much for calling in, Jan. And uh, Father, we've got a number of other calls here, but we do need to take a short pause. And so let's go ahead and take that break, and we'll come back and talk with our other listeners here in just a moment. And if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Marcel Tyone, the studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Also wanted to mention that the document that Father Tyone was talking about, uh, Salvechi Dolores. We've also posted that on the Inner Life Twitter feed. It's at Inner Life Show. You can find it on Twitter, and you'll see a link to that document from St. John Paul II there. And we'll be back right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Our spiritual director today is Father Marcel Tyone, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. And we're talking about redemptive suffering. What are those sufferings that you've gone through? And how did you see offering those sufferings, uniting them to Christ and his sacrifice on the cross? How have you seen those help other people in your life? How has it helped you in your own life, knowing that those sufferings serve a bigger, a larger purpose? And how did it help draw you closer to Christ? Or maybe how did you see somebody in your family, a loved one, a friend, somebody who might have been struggling, maybe away from the church, and they came back because of that suffering that you offered? And uh, maybe you're going through that suffering right now, and you'd like some encouragement, some help, some advice, and you can call in and join the program at 888-914-9149, Father, let's go back to the phones. Kathy is calling in from New Jersey. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for calling in and joining the program today. Hi, Josh. Hi, Father. About 13 years ago, my husband, the love of my life, died suddenly. During that grieving process in the early days, I was numb. My prayers were hollow, 
And it, I wonder, is it possible that I could retroactively offer up that suffering? Well, that's a, of course, I would say, sure, in, in a way that's actually a beautiful desire, right? That although you could sort of consecrate your past sufferings, give them to the Lord, and certainly not in the same way as we're living them in the present, but no doubt about that, you can spend time in prayer and kind of reflect on those days and just thank Jesus for his suffering. Well, you could you could take that to prayer. And again, I you know, I, I think looking back, I would encourage you to kind of see the graces that came from that experience. You were numb. It's hard. That's what we were talking about during the show. It's so hard when these when these big things happen so suddenly. It's so hard to process. And looking back with 2020 in your faith, I think it would be a it's a beautiful thing to to meditate on, to take to the Lord in prayer, and to to kind of consecrate your past to Him, but also to ask Him to show you the graces that came from that experience. And I'm sure there's many, many graces you already know, but maybe there's some that that the Holy Spirit will sort of shower you with now and things you hadn't connected the dots with through that that great suffering you went through. So I would encourage you to do that. I think it's a wonderful desire, and I think to go back there in prayer is is not a bad thing. It'll be blessed. I'm sure you'll just, the the Lord's so generous, He'll he'll give you more graces to see that that you've received and, and be able to consecrate that past to Him. Do you have any analogies of spiritual redemption that would help a child to understand the concept? Yeah, I think that's a good question, right? I think redemptive suffering needs to be explained at an appropriate level in a sense, but I I think it does go, the fact that, you know, I mean, we, we teach kids the true presence of Jesus in second grade, and they kids have just have faith, they believe. Um, and I think it's important to tell people, you know, God God permits suffering, but he's not enjoying our suffering. He's with us in it. So there's a freedom in the world. Why, why is suffering in the world? Because there's sin, original sin and personal sin. So I think kind of going underneath with children, you know, kind of asking those more huge spiritual and even existential questions. Why is this suffering? Why is there evil? Why do people do bad things? And then having Jesus, Jesus also saw those things, and that's why the Father sent Jesus because of these. We needed to be rescued. There was, we don't need to be rescued unless there's there's an injury or a problem, and Jesus is the great rescue, you know. And I think today with all the pandemic language and things, it's sort of even a, a nice analogy to move over that language into redemption and then redemptive suffering. So I, I think it's important to at an appropriate time, appropriate place, you know, kids do come to terms that they're suffering in the world, there's evil, and it bothers them like it bothers us, and it's it's hopefully a gateway to faith, but I, th- I think it's an important thing that at any age to begin, into, it's, it's really introducing them to the cross and, and redemption, which is something we're never too young to start hearing about at an appropriate level uh, to, to have us do that, maybe praying with children, looking at a cross, or if they're not in a big crisis, or if they're going through something, kind of praying with them through their their sufferings, whatever it might be. It could be their pet died or their friend moved away or something happened. They got cut from a team or who knows. But children suffer as well as we do. We know that. And then they need to be um, walked with the same way adults do. So great question, actually. Great, great, great question. Yeah, yeah, really good questions. I'm so glad you called in, Kathy. And uh, Father, we've got Margie who's listening to us in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Margie. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi, Hi, Margie. Thank you. Hi. It's been wonderful listening to all this, and I love relevant, but um, I'm told to cut this down a little bit, so I'm going to move through quickly. Uh, It started off with the part of offering it up, and I had to chuckle because this just recently happened to me. Um, I was cradle Catholic, you know, taught by the nuns. They beat that in our head a lot. Not beat it, but it was, you know, put in our heads um, to, to learn to do that. 
So I'm in my young 20s. My mother was always in the hospital. I had to stay and take care of my dad. He wasn't the easiest person. We had a dryer, but no, he wanted all of his sheets and all of his stuff uh, hung on the line outside. And rather than being aggravated at one point, I just said, well, I'm going to offer it up with the, with the uh, with each pin, you know. I just offered it up. And it was kind of funny because it lightened my load, even uh, literally, even at that point in time. And then later on now, that was in my 20s, so what did I know about suffering? But now I'm over 70. I've got arthritis, um, psoriatic arthritis. And recently, uh, we just this weather going through so much pain and woke me in the middle and just really going through a lot. And I just, uh, once again, just kind of said, well, I'm just going to offer this up for, for mainly from my thought process. I, I am a military family type, and I'm offering it up for peace and for our, our service people who are always defending our country and that type of thing. So I just offered that up. And, um, and, and you feel a peace about it. That, that knows that you are going in united at something. Now, you've had a couple of ladies here um, talking about losing their husband, and I didn't initially talk about this, but um, after I lost my husband, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Uh, and I went to my church, in, in, in which I was active in, but I just said, you, you know, I don't know. We need to have somebody. I'd like to talk to some more widowed people. Well, as God puts it, you know, that's that's what I did, and uh, we ended up with a very huge uh, group because there is something about being able to speak with other people who are going through the same thing, as you said. And widows, uh, there are going to be more widows all the time, and I just urged them to get together somehow in their church. And I did get with our archdiocese down here. And we've got six in the way in the uh, area. It's it's not hard to get one going. And uh, the other thing is that. Um, uh, you know, for children, uh, I would I would say that to teach them in that nice way. Uh, when I had the crucifix, I had the uh, <clears throat> one of the last um, widowed groups that uh, that's for men and women. I had I helped start. I gave a talk and I held up my crucifix and I said, "This is what makes the Catholicism different because we have the body there, the body of Christ on that cross." And so when we say, "Well, why why did that happen to me?" Well, why not? Because, look, he suffered so much for us. And it, it just takes the, that moment of looking at that crucifix with that body on it for us to realize that we're not special. We're just human, as was Christ. And Christ gave the ultimate sacrifice for us. He offered his whole life up. So anyway, I'm trying to shorten it up, but the <laughs> offer it up thing um, went from someplace in my life when I was doing it almost tongue-in-cheek to, not really, but, you know, to really, really needing it and really trying to do it. Amen. Well, Margie, you witnessed it. Not, yeah. Yeah. Not just oh, I was words, just going to say that's such a beautiful uh, story. She's a testimony to this program. Like, that's exa- she's really lived the progression of understanding, and it's a great witness. It's an astonishing affirmation, I think, of what everyone's been sharing today. So that's a great call. Yeah, you know, Father, one of the things that she mentioned there, she said as she was offering up, you know, just that that difficult situation, you know, uh, with her father, uh, it actually, the the phrase she used, lighten my load. And we had uh, Yvette who wrote in to us here at our email address, com, And she said, when I was suffering with postpartum, I was able to offer those moments to our Lord Jesus through his most sacred heart where I took refuge. I'd offer it as a prayer for others who may have been suffering the same way 
And that's when I had a breakthrough to healing. In those moments, I could feel freedom from the anxiety, from the suffering that I was going through. And, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's so beautiful that there are these testimonies that we're hearing where even though the suffering is not completely taken away, there's at least that that ability to know, okay, I, it's lightened the load, just as Margie had said. You know, it's I'm not going through this alone, or it's not just pointless suffering or difficulty that I'm I'm going through. There is a purpose, and it helps me as I'm going along. Well, the two two takeaways for me. One is you know doing the laundry right for maybe a, a cranky dad and stuff like that, but how that the very thing that was driving her maddening became a place of holiness for her and a, a transformation of the very still doing the same task, but doing it differently, kind of in Christ. And I thought the other thing that was mentioned that's a point to listen to, I think, you know, she started these bereavement groups down in her parish and kind of wanting to have spiritual sharing because she didn't, you know, her husband dies and she doesn't have people to talk to and she wants faith-based friends to do that, to share the cross. And so I don't know, I think I think it's a great for all of us. If we, if we see a need, we have a cross and we're in a healthy place with that, we, we might be able to get small groups together for anything to, to help each other do that. And I, I think it's um, a great example. And hopefully people listening will be inspired to sometimes we, oh, my parish doesn't have this. So maybe the Lord wants you to start that. You know, that's the other thing. I think sometimes whatever we've suffered can, again, bring about compassion, but also creativity and helping the whole body of Christ not only transform our experience of suffering, but help others and, and inspire others to keep going with the Lord and to be blessed in their in their crosses. I'd like to go back to one story that you told earlier in the hour, Father. You talked about a woman you know who's going to be going through chemotherapy treatments, and she's going to offer the the suffering, you know, the ill effects that she'll feel from that cancer treatment for her loved ones, for her family. That the reason I wanted to go back to that. Most of the time, when I think of redemptive suffering. For myself, I do think of, oh, I'd like to offer this for a specific person um, or even for, as you know, we talked about uh, just a moment ago with Margie, you're, you're talking about it turns into a moment of holiness where even my own redemptive suffering can be a way for me to grow closer to Christ, me to grow in holiness. But as we're uniting our sufferings to Christ, as we're offering those up, is it appropriate that we do offer those for people we know, or is there a benefit in saying, God, I just want to offer this suffering for whoever needs it most, even if it's somebody I've never met, somebody I never will meet, but I just allow you to take this suffering and use it for whoever needs it most at this moment? I, I know a man, he died many years ago, his name is Raymond, and he had MS and has a really slow degenerative process he went through physically and he offered up all that suffering for vocations to the priesthood and religious life and he was hidden like no one saw him i was kind of his spiritual director and one of the most inspiring things in my life he felt drawn to unite his sufferings to christ so there would be more seminarians and novices and and i'm sure the lord honored those prayers in some way <laughs> he was hidden to the world but he felt called not to a particular person but like this or so we'll do pro-life she talked about military families or we could just give it to God and say, Lord, you know, souls in purgatory that have no one to pray for them or people that don't know you. Uh, sometimes offering up to the Lord for people that are in the same condition, same suffering, that don't have faith and don't know the cross or they don't know suffering's redemptive. 
and they don't know Christ's cross and closeness and the passion. So I think it's a great point you bring up, Josh, to, you know, we, you, one thing to pray about is, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Uh, you know, right. not only get me through it, but what, what do you want me to do for you with this? And that's a great question in prayer versus, you know, we we will say, heal her, heal him, heal me, get me through this. We can say that, we'd be honest. But then maybe the second question would be, Jesus, what do you want me to do for you with this situation? And that's, and you might just give it to him, say, Lord, I give this to you, whatever you want to do with this, whatever you want to do, take it and, and give it away to whoever in the body needs something. And that, so it's, it's a great selflessness there too. So you're right. But I find people get motivated more if it's people they love. Oftentimes they don't have faith, people they're in relationship with that are hurting. It seems to move their hearts when there's a personal connection to the person that they're offering things for. I should say uniting to Christ things for. It's a better phrase, I think. Uniting their sufferings to Christ for so-and-so. But I do find people find all of a sudden their sufferings consecrated and they they don't look forward to it, but they don't disdain it anymore and they, they just offer up the chemos, the things for, for right. people they love. So whatever, thank you for bringing a point, whatever, whatever Jesus wants might be a good way to go too. Our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, and Father, we're down to about 20 seconds here for a blessing for all of our listeners as we conclude the hour. Heavenly Father, thank you for this grace of this hour, but give us the grace to see a crucifix and think of Christ's passion and give us the grace to want to share and unite our sufferings like St. Paul to his. Be with all those suffering listening today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I want to mention once again uh, the document by St. John Paul II that Father Tyone mentioned, Salvechi Dolores. It's posted on the Inner Life Twitter feed. You can find that at Inner Life Show. And of course, stay tuned. Mass is coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Have a blessed afternoon. Tell one other person about it. It's such a great way to evangelize. The Relevant Radio app, your Catholic everything app. Get live radio, podcasts, news, prayers. It's free. The continuously updated Relevant Radio app. It's in your app store.